here with Bex, our well-being editor, having a bit of tea and cake, and she's going to be sharing some advice about what helps us thrive in winter. Morning, Bex. How are you doing? Morning, Lisa. I'm good, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, well, welcome to the Hibernacle. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Lisa, editor of our monthly magazine, and I'm going to be sharing some tea and cake in this in each episode with some colleagues and contributors. We're inviting you to join us in the Hibernacle this season to be our companion in working out how to thrive in winter. I only recently discovered the word Hibernacle, but it's one of those words you immediately get what it stands for. The official definition is that a hibernacle is a winter retreat where you can pretend for a while the outside world doesn't exist. And who doesn't want to be there right now? However, in case you were thinking this is just about burrowing under the duvet until spring, which would make this a very short podcast indeed, it's not. Well, it's not just about staying indoors and hiding, but it's about putting real life on hold for a while and adjusting to a slower pace to rest and re-energize ourselves for the years to come. Hope that sounds good to you. And um, we're very pleased to be working with Charmwood Stoves supporting us for this season. They're just the thing to have in a hibernacle. Um, Charmwood has been a really good friend of the Simple Things for over a decade. Uh, They're a British family-owned company based on the Isle of Wight, and they make elegant, efficient, and eco-wood-burning stoves. You can find out more at charmwood.com, where you can also find your nearest stockist. We'll be mentioning Charmwood again a little later, but thanks to them for helping us make this first podcast. So we're here for you right through to the dog end of winter and the first day of spring. Where to start? We thought comfort. It's surely that's the thing we most crave right now. That's our theme for this first episode. We're going to be talking about hot beverages, of course, uh, warm places for cold days, um, how to embrace darkness, and also which old-fashioned remedies actually work. I think it's fair to say that we start most meetings at The Simple Things with tea and cake. And it's pretty apt that we're having tea and cake, Bex, because I remember the first time we met about 10 years ago now, I think it was, um, and we went out for tea and cake at a cafe in Bath. Do you remember? I remember it well, yeah. Yeah, no, we stayed there chatting for ages, didn't we? And um, and I think, you know, it was the start of our working together and our friendship, really. So, And we've cemented it over some good baking and a hot beverage or two over the years, haven't we? We definitely have, yes. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, rarely without a hot mug in my hand, as you know, and particularly at this time of year, because it's a comfort, isn't it? And that's what we're talking about today. So I thought I'd um, share with you a couple of nice hot drink, winter warmer recipes that I found in an old issue of Simple Things, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, There was a piece called The Hug in a Mug that we did. I don't know if you remember. I do, yeah. But I've been using one from there, particularly... Um, this is a hot, cho- uh, let's, um, bit of a special hot chocolate that has tahini in it. You know, the sesame, um, tahini. So it gives it a nice, lovely kind of nutty flavor and it's very thick and indulgent and it, um, it's cocoa powder. So it's not oversweet with a tablespoon of tahini. And then I add a little bit of cardamom and some honey and, um, it's, it's really delicious. And, um, Ooh, that sounds really good. Perfect thing for a kind of dark afternoon. Um, bit different as well isn't it yeah it is yeah they um but um to be honest I don't really have a sweet tooth so hot chocolate I'm one of those rare people it's not my go-to drink in winter I think I prefer fruitier things like um you know I think this goes back to when I was a kid because we used to stay at my grandma's a lot when mum and dad went out and um she would always bring us a hot ribena in bed and <laughs> give it to us with a tune do you remember tunes I do I think I think she thought it had like medicinal benefits double double one and, and I, I honestly I think we had 
them after we'd cleaned our teeth as well. So it was really unhealthy. I'm sure, even if you did clean your teeth, probably. But um, yeah, well, I'm not sure about the tunes, but the hot Ribena could have been a good call because there is that will have had a nice sort of soothing effect on your on your throat and maybe if you're a bit snuffly help with help with that and you can of course make your own hot fruity drinks if you don't want to have ribena if you want to reduce the sugar intake maybe um you could do some make your own with some black currants or or blackberries or whatever you can whatever you can find if you've harvested some or you could buy from the supermarket oh that's a good idea yeah because i've got black currant bushes and blackberries in my garden so yeah and then one to think about for next uh, next summer when they're all ripe yeah um but actually i remember buying some as well because um i was i, I think i went on a i had a treatment and they gave me what they called a black currant elixir i love the word elixir Ooh, yeah. um afterwards and it was just this really you could feel it doing you good do you know what I mean and and I think some hot drinks really make you feel good don't they they do is that with some hot water then do you just mix that with the boiling water yeah it's like a cordial yeah yeah a bit like a hot toddy oh a hot toddy oh now you're talking delicious yeah what about this a hot marmalade rum mm. so I don't know if any of you are doing dry January out there but you could do this with or without the rum of course but it's um it, a tablespoon of ginger so ginger has your antibacterial and antiviral properties um a tablespoon of thin cut marmalade for a bit of sweetness boiling water and then if you want it a shot of dark rum how about that hey, you know that sounds like a good idea and i have to say you know dry january is not really for me i just don't like to give up my treats and and hot drinks and a little bit of alcohol when it's so dark and cold especially when they're medicinal yeah and you know and and because i always make a christmas cake and i love the fact that our christmas cake lasts all the way through january because it's got you know brandy in it as well and i just think save it till March. March, really yeah. you know I'm much more in fact I nearly always cut down on you know alcohol and unhealthy foods in when spring comes yes so you know I think a hot toddy is not to be sniffed at in January what do you reckon I'm with you I'm afraid and um but I think I think it's the warmth of the hot drink whether or not you have the alcohol that we that we need at this time of year mm. Mm. No, I think that's true and actually staying warm is is what we're after really isn't it and you know I think Finding warm places on cold days uh, is, is, you know, we spend most of our winter trying to do that, don't we? We do. And it's, um, we we do tend to hibernate quite a lot this time of year. And I really like that, do you? And there is, there is, our home is our safe place. It's our retreat. And, you know, our, our, our need to hibernate goes right back to sort of evolutionary need to to seek out safe, warm, comfortable places for survival. So I think you can tell yourself that and not feel guilty about it. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's built into us, isn't it? And um, you know, and because obviously comfort is our is our theme of this episode in the Hibernacle, and um, and actually we nearly always talk about comfort when we preparing features for the magazine as well, don't we? The January issue, the word on the cover this month is nook, which is such a great word because straight away you you know where your own nook is in your house, don't you? It's a real hideaway. You do, but uh, but I I can picture myself in that armchair oh yeah I know and and that's the thing it's forcing yourself to get out of that armchair that can be a bit tricky but there are comforts to be had aren't they because 
after Christmas, when you've spent all that time with family and and you're kind of being indoors a lot and eating a lot, I get cabin fever. I need to get out. And, and, you know, we both have dogs, don't we? So that's a brilliant excuse to get out. And, you know, you feel like, you know, you're supposed to get vitamin D every day and taking a walk. It's a good idea, isn't it? Definitely. I couldn't, I I have to get out and whatever the weather, I mean, I have a dog, so that forces me to, but I think even, even if you don't, getting out and having some fresh air and preferably in the morning when the light's better, especially at this time of year, really will help you to feel better. And it helps to reset your body's internal clock. So you'll sleep better, you'll have sort of better energy levels, your mood will feel more balanced. So it's it's important thing to do if you if you can. Oh that's good. And and what what is it about the vitamin D? Is it comes from sunlight, right? It does come from sunlight. And um we can't produce enough of it with for the through the vitamin D we get from food. So we rely on sunlight and obviously at this time of year we don't get a lot of it, certainly here in the UK. So oh. um it's one of the things that I, one of the supplements that is most recommended for most people, particularly in in sort of darker countries like ours, where you can in in the winter months supplement with a with a vitamin D is probably a good idea. Oh, really? So yeah. So even if you're getting out every day, it might be a supplement you might consider taking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it helps with various things. So and it's an important one for women as well because it helps with bones, bone health, and um, you know, as uh, as we get older, we know that that's something that. Uh, uh, is is important to think about. So I would recommend a supplement. Yeah, interesting. Um, and of course, a lot of people really feel the cold, don't they? And um, you know, but I I actually really like to get out and about. But uh, I I think what's what's interesting is you can find warm places when you get out and about. You do, you have to think a bit laterally though. So you know, I'm thinking aquariums, glass houses, butterfly houses. They're all nice and toasty, even in winter, aren't they? Oh yes, definitely. It's funny because I used to go to those places when you have when the kids were little and you're looking for something to do on a cold rainy day mm. yeah we always used to do those kind of things and we don't really do them so much anymore but that's a great idea actually quite fancy a trip to a butterfly house yeah I know and and you're right you do all sorts of things with your kids and then you kind of stop doing them as adults but the 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 sort of pleasure you got from going there you could still get um, but actually, one of the things I really like to do, because we get, we go up to Morecambe a lot because my, my partner's from there and his family are still there, and is getting fish and chips, hot fish and chips on a cold day and sitting in one of those shelters nice. you get on the seaside. That's really nice. And it, But even just taking a hot flask on a walk. Yeah. You sitting know, back in the yeah. car with your flask, all your fish and chips and the steamy windows. So, yeah, it's all part of the winter, isn't it? Yes. Um, but, I know you still you still feel like you've got out and about, yeah. don't you? And oh, a warm pub with a fire. Oh, yeah, the end of a yeah, walk nice. when you're when you're a bit wet and cold. Nothing better. Oh, there's nothing better, is there? Yeah, but surely the ultimate warm place, Lisa, is a, is a sauna. Sauna. Yes, really. So we're going to talk about saunas. There's a great new book out um, called Sauna by uh, Emma O'Kelly, and we've been lucky enough to get an extract in our January issue and there are some beautiful saunas um she photographed saunas all over Scandinavia um and in the UK as well actually yeah because it's a bit of their saunas are having a bit of a thing at the moment oh really yeah you see it's interesting I like the idea of a sauna and I, I have been in them but I do I do sort of I was going to say run out of steam but <laughs> that would be a bad joke <laughs> but I just and my tolerance levels are not very good to that that heat yeah I know 
um, so I, I, I end up liking the idea of it more than the reality a bit. Yeah. You're probably staying in there a bit too long. I think you need to build it up gradually. It's a bit like, um, well, and it goes very hand in hand with the cold water. Um, and I think a bit like the cold water where you gradually increase your exposure, that's probably well it is what you should be doing in the sauna oh yeah yeah but there are lots of um well-being benefits to sauna it's not just a nice thing to do after you've had a swim um there's a lot of research into how it can help with reducing blood pressure and so the risk of heart disease reducing inflammation and um and it just gives you a really kind of a nice really relaxed feeling and good sense of well-being so there's it, there's, a, I think there's a reason why the scandinavians always uh, jostle the scandinavian countries jostle for that top spot in the happiness ratings and do spend quite a lot of time in saunas from what i can gather you see they have saunas everywhere don't they in their own houses and uh, you know e- even around the countryside but um i i because i don't really go to a gym so I, i'm not even sure where i'd go to one to be honest no, that's true. I think it's it's definitely has been easier or will be is easier over there. But there are they're definitely having a moment here too, and we're getting saunas popping up on beaches and in cities, but particularly kind of on our in our coastal areas where you can combine the sea swim with a um, spell in the sauna, and you can actually book a session. So I know there's one in Brighton. That's not far from you, is it, Lisa? Oh no, that's really near me. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I think they I think they are um, horse spots, horse ca- um, carriages, and you can um, and they've been converted into saunas. They look very cool. Oh, well, they've been converted. Yeah, yeah and then okay. you have a plunge pool. Um, right uh, ne- next to it or of course you've got the sea so you can do your your hot and cold which is the you know the ultimate kind of well-being experience scandinavia comes to sussex i like it <laughs> yes exactly well that is going on my could do list right now i think well thanks bex but we're going to take a little pause now because pausing is a thing that we actually encourage quite a lot in the simple things and in every issue of the magazine including the one that's out at the moment we um, print a poem and we also commission an original bedtime story and so i'm going to read one to you right now that appeared in the january issue from a few years ago The January House, a short story by Felicity Marsh. The January House is my home, named, so I'm told, for being the first house in the village, or the last, I say, depending on how you look at it. But either way, one whose name predisposes me to have a fondness for a month others tend to unfairly malign. I have lived here for a year now. I have challenged local standards of decency by painting the outside seaside yellow instead of misery grey, and the gate and front door deep blue instead of carbolic green. I have painted and polished and planted for 365 days. I am a local outrage and I am exhausted, but I am happy. I have done all of this, and here I am, lying right here in this bed, just where I was lying 365 days ago, right in this exact soft spot, give or take perhaps a few centimetres, which I'd say, and neither here nor there in an entire orbit of the sun, here I am making my mark in the universe, leaving a kind of snow angel in time or space, not as splashy as a supernova maybe, but less terminal. You do your thing, star, and I'll do mine. I don't get the whole thing about looking at the universe and feeling insignificant. How big are you supposed to be before you count? Who, honestly, would not look at the universe and think, 
Wow, I exist. I am part of this and there's nothing and no one quite like me. Hmm, well, well, well. I can't help wondering if I was this comfortable a year ago. Possibly, possibly not. I dare say this glorious moment of utter harmony with all things bed and bedding will pass. Absolute bliss never lasting as long as it should. Inevitably, my nose will begin to itch unbearably. Until then, I can enjoy the absolute pleasure of every detail of lying here. Okay, time to abandon this me-shaped bit of the universe and get up. I suppose bliss having slipped away somehow. So what's out there today? Nothing. Well, no, not nothing. January's out there. And in here too, extolling living quietly for a while, saying no to constant activity and giving me a head start on accepting the consolations of bright cushions and the seep of spice-scented steam billowing from a warm kitchen, spiking the pleasures of blankets and lights by hitting me with frosts and early twilights and the vast midwinter dark while I think of what comes next. And now I have something else to consider. A gift. Yesterday evening, I passed by a stall in the market where a man with a face like winter, hawk-nosed and grey-eyed, was selling glass globes that fluttered down snow or autumn leaves or flurries of petals and transparent sequins shining like iridescent rain. I have one for you, January woman, he called. And as if he'd expected it, when I turned back, he pulled a globe from his pocket and offered it me for my inspection. A tiny replica of the village with my house, seaside yellow and blue. How did you know, I asked. I get about, he said. Are you staying? Forever, I told him. This is just the beginning. You'll want this then, he said, to remind you to surprise people from time to time, since I hear you've been forgiven. And now, experimentally, I turn the globe over in my hand and outside feather flakes of snow begin to fall and settle in the lane. Just listening to it makes me think of cozying up in on a winter's afternoon in front of the fire with a good book. Oh, I love doing that. And actually, that gives me a pretty nice segue into talking about our lovely sponsor, Charmwood Stoves, because I recently bought a Charmwood Stove and um, I love it. I have to say, I really do love it. I've always had a real fire, but there's something about a wood burner. A, it's much more efficient and B, it just gives you that lovely glow through the glass. And I just spend ages watching it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my new TV in the living room. But yes, so we like Charmwood a lot. Um, long-time supporter of The Simple Things, and we're very pleased that they're supporting us with this episode. But um, but yeah, do you like a fire, Bex? I love a fire, and I have, also have a wood burner. And um, I, I, I love putting it on in the afternoon, sort of at this time of year, kind of about three or four when it starts getting chilly. And it just sort of sets the tone for the after the for the evening really don't you think yeah very much so and it's something about that light isn't it that just makes you um drift off a bit it does but and the, there's that sort of low and kind of more mellow light is a really good thing to to kind of have in your home in the evenings rather than the uh, sort of brighter white lights and of course 
you know, blue lights from our screens and devices, which um, can interfere with our sleep. Mm. And I don't know if I mean, lots of people have, have problems sleeping. And uh, your sleep hormone is melatonin. And uh, this sort of yellow light rather than the white and the blue light helps to encourage melatonin production. So you naturally start to feel more sleepy in the evenings. And then hopefully by the time you go to bed, you're set up for a better night's sleep. Well, that's that's good to hear, isn't it? I, I have to say, because I've got a, a fireplace in our house, Victorian, and it's got an old fireplace in our bedroom and when we blocked some of them up we didn't block that one up because I always had this romantic idea that you'd be able to have a fire in your bedroom but it's actually so close to the bed I dare light it <laughs> but um but I suppose you could light candles in your bedroom couldn't you yeah you'd probably get very hot yeah you'd be baking in there wouldn't you you would but you know lighting candles because lots of people light them in the bath and I have to say I don't really put them in my bedroom but I do I do like them around the house in the winter and not just at Christmas time yeah have you ever tried just sitting in candlelight it's actually really lovely and very relaxing nice um and it's that hoogar thing isn't it it is hoogar I wondered when you were going to mention it <laughs> it's not got it's not gone away no and because it was it was so overused uh and it is hoogar we can now we know we know how to say it we do know how to say it hoogar I think I think the thing is is that you know it became such trend it was almost overused for a bit it was but actually I think it's still there it's just we've all just incorporated it more into our lives I mean look at how many people sell candles yeah Every single shop you go into sells them and throws and blankets and all that. I mean, we've run quite a few um, projects in the in the simple things about how to make a candle. I've never, I always really want to make one, but I've never actually made one of you. Do you know what? To be honest, I haven't. But I was looking at this the other day with my daughter because she's very crafty. And um, we were talking about how many used candles, uh, scented candles that we've still got the containers for and what we were going to do with them. And I cut, I've got lots of them still on the shelf with no candle inside them so we're going to do this we're going to make our own it's actually really really simple you just need to buy some soy wax nice that's that what you can get from any kind of craft shop or buy it online yeah and you you melt it and then you can add your essential oils that you like you prefer you can even dye them different color so I think actually I'm going to give that a go so I'll let you know how I get on when I've been saving um I've been saving moisturizer jars, you know, like oh, that's a good idea. Because um, and and little jars that you can put, you make your own tea lights. Um, I, I've got I've got a cupboard full of jars, <laughs> but I haven't actually got around to putting any candles in them yet. But um, that, but yeah. you know, I think I do think it it it's definitely on my could do list for this month for sure. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, and what about throws and blankets as well? Have you got lots? <laughs> Yeah, I do have quite a lot because, but there, there's a good reason. There's a good reason for that. Every room in my house has at least two blankets or throws in it, and my kids are really into them as well. My teenagers kind of walk around in these big. Uh, one of them's got a, a heated throw, but there is something to be said for you know we all kind of being aware of our energy use as well. Is having a cooler room, particularly in your bedroom, and having more of the blankets. And have you have you heard of weighted blankets? No, but it- they are like a, a normal blanket but they're, they're heavier and it's kind of the the theory is there is science behind it as well that they are uh give you that kind of swaddled effect from being a baby and they help you to sleep because if you're cocooned in something a bit cocoon like yeah, yeah yeah so maybe have your bedroom a bit cooler and that's actually good for you yeah because you don't want a hot bedroom for sleeping no fires lisa Fair enough. and um maybe have your blankets and throws 
That's interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, that's what it used to be like before everyone at Central Heating. Yeah. You'd have lots of blankets on your bed, wouldn't you? Yeah. And um Go to bed early. You know, but uh, let's face it, I, I wouldn't be without my Central Heating. But actually, when, you, when you're ill, of course, these usual comforts aren't enough, are they? No. I mean, you know, a weighted throw is not going to make you feel better when you're full of cold, is it? No. And there are lots of colds and viruses around at the moment, aren't there? Yeah. And... We know that GP surgeries are packed and we know that there's not really anything that they can give you. Yeah. And even the chemist, you know, you can, you can go and stock up on your cold and flu remedies. But really, all you're doing is managing the symptoms. And I like to kind of have a little think about using some of the things I've got in my house in my kitchen instead, really. Oh, what? Make your own? Yeah, make your own. Yeah, but from things you've already got. Make your own or when you're ill. Chicken soup. Oh, I love chicken soup. Yeah, my mum always used to make me a chicken soup. And um, if you make a, a homemade chicken soup, you have got a lot of medicinal benefits there. The chicken has this amino acid in it called cysteine, which acts as a decongestant right so that'll unblock your nose and your airways and then you get loads of nutrients from you know you've got the chicken kind of boiling away in the water making a really nice broth with vegetables and in that broth oh with a stock or yeah yeah exactly and that creates this broth which is you know really and and if, if you're a vegetarian making one without the chicken with with the vegetables a nice a nice veggie broth will also have lots of nutrients and will hydrate you if you're not feeling very well yeah and I guess it's back to that warm liquids thing again isn't it like we were talking about hot drinks earlier it just makes you feel better it does make you feel better but does it help the actual cold as well yeah you know like all the the snot <laughs> sorry it does because it helps with the mucus another nice word they're mucus dissolving warm liquids so warm warm soups warm, mm. but also there are ingredients that you know you'll find in the kitchen that do that as well things like garlic onion um ginger so all kind of nice lemon honey you know you can make those those drinks and different remedies that are going to clear some of that mucus yeah so so things like gargling which never feels that appealing but um but I do like steaming where you do an inhalation over a hot over a bowl. Oh, so do I. Yeah, that makes you feel better, doesn't it? Yeah, that really does help at bedtime. Yeah, just to clear the airways. Yeah, you know how when you lie down, as soon as you lie down, as soon as you lie down, you can't breathe, can you? No, not at all. And you start coughing. If you do a little steam inhalation before bed, um, or just you could just have, if you don't want to do it over, you know, steam inhalation over a sink with a towel over your head and a few drops of maybe eucalyptus yeah or put them in a put them in a bowl and put it on top of your radiator a, a bowl of hot water with some eucalyptus and then that will kind of just seep into your room in the evening and help you sleep better at night oh that's a good idea and, and of course we i i know we've talked about some of the more unusual methods um for remedies in simple things too um over the years do you remember that one about was it vinegar and socks yes oh i remember really enjoying researching this piece because i got to like find out about all the old wives tales and all the weird and wonderful remedies um yeah vinegar socks that's um that's where you soak a pair of socks yeah <laughs> yeah better stay with me soak the socks in some water water with vinegar okay um and then put them on uh somebody who's got a fever so i think quite often this is a you know children with temperatures were put in vinegar socks and um and that and it helps to re- reduce your fever so they're wearing wet socks right Wet, wet socks in bed, with hopefully with a towel, I'd, I'd say, <laughs> underneath them. Or, get this, um, 
<laughs> onions. No. Slices of onions in your socks if you don't like the thought of the wet socks. Um, that's a that that's another uh, old old remedy. And the, the onion has the antiviral uh, properties, but and quite why. So what is it about? Because some people put you know vapor rub on their in their socks as well, don't they? On their on their feet. And so it must be something to do with your feet being really sensitive to. Yes. Yeah, so I guess that's from uh, reflexology. Yeah. The all you know your feet have most nerve endings. I think in your whole body. Wow. So and in reflexology, the theory is that the theory is that these different points on the feet and different nerves correspond with different parts of the body. Interesting. So for your sinuses and your chest and throat area you're looking at the ball of your foot really and your toes so if you just rub some you could rub a eucalyptus essential oil or a a vapor rub into your onto your feet at night I mean that's a nice thing to do at bedtime anyway isn't it yeah definitely um and what about uh, you know some of the old wives tales because uh, we do they have truth in them like you know do they work what about apple a day for example yes apple a day true or false True, true. Um, apples have um, an ingredient called pectin, which is good for immune function. And apples are also really um, a good source of antioxidants, which we know are uh, good for reducing heart risk of heart disease and even some, certain cancers. So mm. apple a day, a definite yes. And what about feed a cold star for fever? Because I know when, when I've got a cold, I want to eat because I'm hungry. Um, but if I'm feverish, I don't want to anyway. So is it is it true? Does it work, or is it just how you feel? Uh, I think it's how you feel. So there's definitely no reason why you shouldn't eat if you want to eat. Um, if you have a fever, probably you don't have as good an appetite. So a good thing to do is maybe have a soup. You're going to get the nutrients you need. You do need some energy. You need that to to recover more quickly. So get the energy you need and the nutrients from a soup and some of the liquid hydration. Mm. Drinks are really important. Water and warm teas that we talked about. Yeah, well, one of the ones that I even I knew is definitely true is that tea makes everything feel better, right? That's true. And tea is good for you. It's official. So there you go. It is official. And that brings us nicely back to hot drinks where we started with, where I think it's probably time to put the kettle on again too. So we're going to say our goodbyes. Thank you very much, Bex, for joining us. Thank you. And um, Bex and I will be back in the next episode, which is Calm. And we're going to be looking at simple things for quiet enjoyment. So join us then. And um, I'd love to say thank you to Charmwood Stoves, makers of excellent wood burners. You can find out more at charmwood.com for supporting us in this episode. And um, and also, if you are interested, our January issue of The Simple Things is full of feel-good ideas like this. And it's on sale. You can buy it direct from us. Or if you choose an immediate start subscription, you'll save 30% and get that issue straight away. So now our plugs are over and it just remains to say goodbye. Thanks very much for listening. See you next time.